Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank. And I am pleased to introduce you to my guest tonight, David West II, Nevada County Veterans Services Officer. I'm so excited to introduce you to David. David is focused, determined, innovative, inspirational, and has the gift of integrating all of his life experiences into living his best life. David served honorably for five years in the United States Marines and was the Marine of the Year in 1999 for the Pacific Fleet. He felt pulled into veterans' advocacy, and he's been in his dream job as Nevada County Veterans Services Officer since 2018. David, welcome to the Sages Among Us, and thank you for your service to our country. Thank you very much, ma'am, and thank you for having me. Well, sir, it is good to have you here. And, David, we always like to find out a little bit about um, our guest's background. So could you tell us, where did you grow up? Um, I kind of grew up a little bit all over the place. Um, I was raised by a single mom who moved around a lot, and I went to a lot of schools. And But I ended up graduating high school from Del Campo in Sacramento. Well, what inspired you to join the military? Um, it really wasn't what inspired me, but during my senior year, my grandfather, who was a really cool guy, um, all through my senior year, he would bring me pamphlets on the different ROTC programs. And, you know, the Army, the Navy, Air Force, um, they'll have ROTC programs. You bring me all that stuff. And I didn't really pay attention to it. But then when I graduated high school, um, I realized I really wasn't quite ready to go to college. And I really wasn't on a, had no direction. So I went ahead and joined up, signed up for the Marine Corps because that was probably the one he didn't think I could do. So I went ahead and signed up for that one. <laughs> so it was more of a, a challenge to, because to, I was going to ask you why you chose the Marine Corps. Well, yeah, they look the they look the best, and they got to carry a sword. So that's what I wanted to be. <laughs> well, you were selected as Marine of the Year in 1999 for the Pacific Fleet, and I imagine the Pacific Fleet is a very uh, has a lot of of, uh, of military folks in that. So, how tell us about being selected as Marine of the Year? Uh, just it's a it's a pro, like I don't know. It sounds. You start off just going against a little competition in your unit. You know, you want to be the best person in your unit. And then it goes from there to the to your company. And then you win, and then you just slowly start start going. And it turns into something that's not about you. It's about representing the unit you're with and the different the different up-tickets to the battalion, or the, the, in my case, the 3rd Force Service Support Group out of Okinawa. And it just becomes bigger than what you are, and you're just trying to be the best best resemblance of the unit you're, 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 you're in. That's basically that's it, really. Well, I think that sounds like a very humble explanation uh, for being Marine of the Year, um, but also sounds like you, David. Uh, <laughs> did you have any role models uh, growing up or, or even that, that you looked to outside of your immediate uh, or family or, or even people that you knew that, that were in the military um, that you aspired no, to? I had, no, I didn't know. Like, this was like the last thing, going to the Marine Corps was like the last thing I ever wanted to do. Um, 
I really didn't have any um, positive role males, role models, so to speak, growing up. Most of them were like in books that I'd read about. Um, I read about people that overcame a lot of stuff and had, ended up being successful. Um, yeah, that's what I used to, that's what got me through. And um, my great-grandfather was a really cool person. He actually donated Emerald Bay to the state of California. So he was always like somebody that like did great things and somebody I wanted to be like. Well, that is a whole different story for, I guess, another night. That sounds fascinating. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when you left the Marine Corps, um, did you have a – how was it transitioning back to civilian life? It was it was the worst experience ever. Um, I went from being a, on a Friday, being the regimental technician chief for the 1st Marine Regiment, 1st Marine Division, in charge of inspecting five battalions, Making sure everything was that's like that's like five huge companies They're like like five five large warehouses basically with people and stuff um and making sure everything is taken care of to all of a sudden being on Monday at a company where um they told me I was too inexperienced to use a copy machine, so I went and sat down and was like what did i what's going on here and from there it just yeah, I didn't really have a good time. Well, how did how did you overcome that difficulty of of making that? Um, I mean, it does sound like a very difficult transition from being in a place of complete competency and being respected to uh, not having respect or or a place to be really. Well, about a year after I got out of the Marine Corps, I was living in my car or people's couches in Sacramento. Um, I was I really it was really hard for me and. Um, but I went through it. I got a job working as a laborer for a construction company, and uh, about a year, yeah, after a year later, I was, uh, you know, I was making journeyman wages, and I was had my own apartment and bought a car and and things and a truck actually, and um, yeah, I learned a lot about myself um, after that. But no, it was a really difficult time. <laughs> well, you had mentioned um, in something that you shared with me earlier about that you actually. Uh, Put yourself into a mental boot camp, and and went to work on yourself. Yeah, like so when you're going through that, like you're just by yourself, and you can either choose to like, um, this is what I was like. You can either take the easier route, which got you there, you know, and then just end up in more trouble or whatever. Or as I like to say, it, I went, I went, I went back into, I went into boot camp mode. I uh, learned what I was taught, and when I was in record boot camp, you know, just block out all the noise, focus on what you got to do. And, uh, you know, and it was hard, but they did it. Yeah, that's that's the call boot camp mode. Sometimes it's a necessary thing when I'm getting focused on stuff or have projects to do. I just turn out the world and focus on what needs to be done. So did you use the GI Bill to go back to school? Um, it wasn't for a while later. Um, I struggled a lot, and I, you know, I was doing a job that, you know, don't get me wrong, it's a great job, it's a great career for people. It wasn't what I wanted to be doing. I didn't want to be building houses. Um, and it wasn't until 2008, it wasn't until 2008 when the housing industry fell apart that uh, I decided I saw my friends struggling to feed themselves and their family. And I figured, well, I'm just, I don't even have kids, so I should probably just use my GI Bill to go to school. And that's what I did at Sierra, at Sierra College in Rockland. So I had to go back to school. And were there any organizations that on campus that, that made it easier as a veteran to go back to school there? Um, at first, no. Um, I had a really great counselor. Her name is 
Catherine Morris and Bart Rood, who is actually the president of the Vietnam Veterans of America for Grass Valley. Um, they were my counselors at school at Sierra College, and they were just they were just really forming this like little veterans club. And at first, I was like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll go to veterans club at school, right? So, uh, but it also seemed like a cool way to maybe meet some girls. I don't know, so I decided <laughs> to go be be part of the veterans club, and uh, and uh, <clears throat> we started doing really good things. We advocated at the state level for. Um, at the time, California had their Leave No Veteran Behind. Um, it was a program focused on four-year colleges. But with 80% of us starting out of junior college, they were basically already leaving veterans behind, and we got to point that out to them. And it resulted in a Veterans Resource Center being placed at Sierra College, which is basically the, the model that has uh, been implemented all over the state of California and other places. And that started at the Rockland campus? campus? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And you were there when it started? Uh, that was that was yeah I was yeah I was I was there it was fun. Well, so what other types of work um, did you do around veterans advocacy at, at at that time or around that time? Well, I started going to school um, at school. Um, I I got to uh, I got offered a chance to be um, the veterans outreach coordinator for for a man named Charlie Brown. He was running for Congress in the. Uh, Fifth Congressional District out of Placer County, and uh, he was Democrat, non-political. Um, my, I, but I just got to not being not political. But what I joined his campaign because what he did was he gave five percent of his campaign money to veterans organizations, and I really thought that was cool. So he's paying it on the front end, and I got an opportunity to learn about all these different organizations that are helping veterans and be part of the team that got to decide who got the money. Um, these grants, and there I got to meet one of the angels in life. Her name was Louis Stanley um, from Soldiers Angels. Um, couldn't be a better organization, but uh, yeah, she was a really important woman who actually uh, offered me a scholar, let me granted my scholarship to uh, University of Phoenix. I met her through there, and um, that became a work study for at Calvet. Um, I took it really seriously there, and I just kind of tripped and fell in to helping veterans. It's just what happened. And, and so were you able to stay? Uh, was it, what is this, a single uh, a path to this advocacy work that you're doing? Did you have any other types of jobs before you uh, came here to Nevada was, County? No, I was like, it, it, so I met my wife on um, April 20th of 2008, and I like was going to school and I was being a work study, getting paid twelve dollars an hour um, under the work study program. And I, I told her like, I have a plan, and you you weren't part of it, but you want to stick it out with me? You're going to see great things. And she bought it. <laughs> so like, you know what I mean. So then I had to deliver. So um, I was doing all this work because I was just helping everybody. I was doing, I was just doing things when they were first starting, um, and. As a kid, just wanted to do good, and I I applied. I applied. Actually, my wife she filled out the application for me um, for a, for a position at the VA, and and when I went in for the interview, I was like this little guru of all this veterans benefits already, and they and they offered me a position, and there I got to work at the VA and started learning the claims process that I didn't even know anything about. Well, I absolutely love that you know the exact date that you you met your wife, David. I think that is so great. <laughs> 
And you're listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart-Frank, and I'm talking today to David West II, Nevada County Veterans Services Officer. So you, you were working uh, for the VA, and um, then did you continue uh, your work at the VA? Yeah, I was I was having a great career path there. Um, you know, um, I learned how to process claims, and then I became a coach. I mean, not a coach, an instructor. I got to learn how to teach this stuff at the national level to all new hires. Um, new hires got to go to centralized training, and I was one of those trainers. And then I got uh, promoted to a rating veteran service representative, the person who made decisions um, on claims. And then I got married to my girlfriend, who's now who's still my wife. I'm um, still my girlfriend. Um, and she's decided we had to move to Bakersfield and start a family. So we went to Bakersfield, and um, I left the VA, which I had just finished a program called the Leadership Augmentation Program, where I got to travel to D.C. and see the big higher-level workings of the VA. And, yeah, it was a, yeah, but I wanted to go start a family, so I moved to Bakersfield and worked in oil and gas. And what what did that experience teach you? Um, that's where I learned the value of process improvement and data collection. Data is what drives decisions. If you are trying to make an argument or a case or you're trying to do get people to buy in, um, you got to have more than just an idea. you got to have the data to show it, to verify it. Um, so however you get the data to support your argument um, is what you need to find. And everything will be improved upon. Um, just thinking that you're good is the way for your competitors to pass you. Um, that's why in business they teach me Sigma. Um, always trying to get better, always trying to innovate and get better. Um, and I just, I like being creative and I just tried, and that was, that was a great place to learn um, how to use so that and be creative with it. You obviously didn't stay in Bakersfield, so uh, what, what happened next? How did you end up leaving um, the gas and oil business? I got an opportunity to go on an honor flight. Um, an honor flight is where they pack planes. In this instance, it was Vietnam veterans. They packed a plane full of Vietnam veterans, and they go back to Washington, D.C., where they get the honor and the welcome home that they never got. Right? Um, it was a weekend of remembrance. It heals a lot of wounds. And I was on this plane, and I got to meet Dick Taylor. He was he was the VSO for Kern County. And I was talking to him, and I got to – they paired me up with a Marine, of course – so me and him got along, and I remember just being on a plane ride on the way home, and we talked for like five hours, however long the plane ride is, or I don't know. But he's just like, we just talked about a bunch of stuff that I've ever told anybody ever, and I just told you on a plane ride. And I was like, you know, this is what I, and I came home, and I told my wife, I'm not happy what I was doing. It was obvious because I was 280 pounds. You know, I was huge. You know, I'm not happy doing what I'm doing, and um, we made a decision to come home. So, so you came home, and then um, how, did you get back into the veterans? Um, no, it was world? crazy. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was. Looking back, it was. Can't believe I put my did, did that to my family. But we we didn't like Bakersfield too much, and um, I actually told my boss that uh, I was resigning. I worked for a great company, Baker Hughes, a GE company. They're great. Um, I told my boss at the time. Um, I'm resigning. I don't. I'm going to move back to Sacramento. And he's like, "What are you doing?" I, I don't know. 
He said, who do you mean? I said, I have no idea. He goes, you're resigning? I was like, yeah, I, I, uh, you're paying me to put in 40, 40 plus hours of, of work a week, and I'm kind of looking for jobs, and it's not, I'm, I'm not happy. I'm not really putting my effort into jobs. And I don't want to take money from you. I'm looking for jobs on the clock, so this is like the best thing I can do. I just know I don't, I don't know. And he's like, well, I'll give you, I'll give you a month because that's cool. And I was like, it was on, it was great. Um, and I applied for a bunch of jobs. Had actually applied for a VSR position at Placer County, and um, I knew the VSO there. And she called me and said, "You don't want to work for me." There's an open position in Nevada County. So uh, I put my application in for Nevada County for the position and moved my family up here without a job. Wow. <laughs> my family put all their money in and, and without a job and um, had us in the house on July 27th and interviewed August 2nd was offered the position. Yeah, it was kind of crazy, but it all worked out. Boy, it is amazing. and You, you have an ability to, to focus your, your energy, David. Um, so you became the veteran services officer up here, and so what is actually the role of a veteran services officer? If the role of veteran services officer, the role of a veteran services officer, is wide. Um, it's much more complicated than sitting in an office writing claims for compensation or pension. Compensation is for injuries sustained in service or result of combat or. Um, your service, right? Like you hurt your knee, then they're going to compensate for your knee or they expose you to bad things and you got a disease from it. Well, let's get the VA to compensate you for that. Um, a pension is, you know, for our lower income veterans that need some assistance to qualify. Um, but it's much more than that. I'm a social worker. In the last two months, we've made more mental health referrals than we ever have because of what's going on in Afghanistan. And that's not a political statement. It's a it's, it's affecting the people I, I help, um, all generations, and we've done a lot of work. We've done a lot of work, and it seems like everybody's in crisis mode. Um, but we we basically do whatever we can to advocate for the veteran on the at the federal, state, and county level, and get them everything they're entitled to. Well, what makes someone a veteran, David? Do they have to serve during a wartime? Not at all. They have to. They have to wear a uniform. Um, I was actually able to. Uh, help a young woman get service connected and she only spent six weeks in boot camp because of because of something her recruiter did to her before she went to boot camp um everybody everybody's eligible for benefits and there's only two instances where i can't help a veteran get benefits and that's if they took another than honorable discharge instead of going to court martial like you can go to court martial and get found guilty and i can still try and help you if you took a bad discharge instead of going to court martial, they're gonna you can't I can't fix that. And if you've been AWOL for more than thirty days, those are the two the only two things that are an absolute bar to VA benefits. And a lot of people don't understand that. So as long as you put on the uniform for any amount of time, you should come into the office and see what we can do for you. So what what are some of the challenges that that veterans face? I'm sure there's a lot of unique situations, but are are there some uh challenges that that affect more people uh that the average veteran might might uh, face um you know i'm a transitioning veteran and i still have my my problems um we're taught a way of leadership and a culture 
And from a young age, like other people go to college and they get experience their growing pains to, you know, their sororities and their fraternities and the mistakes they make there. Well, our fraternity is a place that teaches us a completely different way of leadership and thinking about leadership and responsibility that our peers don't get. Right. So when we come home, we might not have the education <laughs> that these businesses are looking for, but we have a whole different skill set um, and than what than what our than what people our age are have to offer. You know what I mean? And it's that transition through life um, as you grow older. Like I try every day to become less Sergeant West and more. Daddy West, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want my kids, to, you know, I don't want my kids being like, oh, my dad was a Marine. I don't, I, that's what, one thing I try to avoid, but uh, that's just me personally. But no, it's just, it's just always, a, it's just a world where we're just a little different. And it's from the way they taught us. And it's just always going to be hard, no matter, no matter what. Like, I do good in this job because I get to talk to my friends all day, you know, but if you put me back in the oil fields, I, even though I was successful and I made great money, I hated every day. You know, I didn't like it. It wasn't. It wasn't good, and it's been like that for basically every job I've had, except for the VA or when I'm advocating or when I'm helping or what I'm doing now. Well, you're listening to the Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and I'm talking to David West II, Nevada County Veterans Services Officer. So, David, um, does your office work with or collaborate with any other organizations? We want to collaborate with anybody and everybody that wants to help veterans. Um, right now, we're trying to work on work on a collaboration with Sierra Harvest. I don't know if anybody's heard of them. They do great things. They they help people learn how to grow gardens and become farmers on, on one level, but they're also impacting the, the, the food we eat in our schools for our kids, which is important. we got to get away from the junk food and back into this healthy stuff. But uh, we're trying to find a way to collaborate with them through um, – a person I know that does nothing but VA home loans to try and help veterans buy land, buy property, and help if they want, you know, try and try and farm on their own on their own land where um, they can work for themselves, set their own schedule, and and make themselves happy. I mean, it's hard work; it's not a guarantee, but that's one of the collaborations we're working on. Um, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but there's six or seven boxes in town, our flag retirement boxes. We're able to collaborate with the American Legion to work with Nevada Union High School District to build boxes where the, the graphics for the boxes were donated. And they places seven locations and their flag retirement boxes that the, that the local scouts are going to be picking up. They, they pick up the flags when they actually have a flag retirement ceremony on Memorial uh, Veterans Day at Memorial Park. Sorry about that. It's going to be Veterans Day at Memorial Park. We were going to do a flag retirement ceremony with the scouts. Um, Where are some of those spots? I have uh, some uh, flags I need to uh, uh, make sure they get to the right place. Um, the boxes, we have the, the most, I have one in my office, the Root Center. We have them at Reeves Auto Parts. I believe there's one at the Chamber of Commerce in Grass Valley off the top of my head. Um, that, those, are the, those are the places off the top of my head that I know of. That, that, yeah. that works. That's wonderful to know about that op- opportunity sure. for I'm sure there's lots of us that, that want to make sure we do the right thing with our flags. Um, yeah. So what are some of the service additional services uh, that are available to veterans and and their families? Um, well, one thing during the pandemic, it's made us 
figure out how to diversify our services. It started out as a need, but the thing was, um, I was really trying to brainstorm and get a lot of the stuff that we're doing now before the pandemic. It was just the technology didn't, nobody really knew the technology was out there, right? It's like, how do you search for this stuff? And then, bam, the pandemic hits and we're, we have a virtual VSO through Zoom, meaning um, we're able to talk to veterans in their home. And we were using it first to do outreach at the jail. Um, currently, we're offering the ability to apply for some state, the DMV benefits. The veterans have veteran on their driver's license, um, or we've got the disabled veterans license plate. Um, VA healthcare, we can, you can request your military records. There's a bunch of stuff that you can request through our website that no other county is offering in California. And California VSO set the standard. So if we're the only ones doing it in the, in the, in the state, I'm willing to bet there's not many else doing it across the nation yet. Um, we, people can schedule their own appointments. Um, yeah, we're, we're just trying to make it accessible and as easy as possible. And I always love to hear that there's something happening in Nevada County and that Nevada County is leading the way. Um, it, it just, it, it's across the board that, that there's so much innovation here. Um, how many veterans live in Nevada County? They say there's about 8,500 8, to 9,000 veterans, and then, but when you include their, their spouses, surviving spouses, um, there's 119 active duty people from Beale Air Force Base to call Nevada County home. And there's also a lot of DOD retirees in town, too. So it's a really strong military community. Absolutely. I did hear about a new program in Nevada County to help veterans find housing. Can you tell us about that? Yes, that's one of our, another one of our collaborations. Um, we, were, we, have, we got into the <sighs> Bill for Zero campaign, which was a campaign of 80 communities nationwide that had successfully reduced homelessness and one demographic to zero in their, in their county. Um, we had done a point in time account across all different target populations the year before, and we had notified that we had we identified 39 homeless veterans in Nevada County. Um, when, we, when we started collaborating with Bill for Zero, that's what we had, and we successfully got it down to 29 homeless veterans. And what that did is kick us into the last mile. I mean, the last mile of ending homelessness in a target population in our community. And what we've done now is we've got six agencies that meet weekly um, on a on a by name list for our veterans. They got to they got to get on the coordinated entry list by calling two one one, tell them that they're homeless, that they're homeless veteran, and they get put on the list. And it's six agencies every week to sit there, and we pull our resources to a get them the benefits they need, but also make sure that they have the their their housing vouchers or. Um, Help, help and assist with their first and last month's rent, whatever is needed to help get them into these, into a, into a unit. Um, we're also able to offer incentives to landlords. You know, landlords are liking to pay, pay their stuff to, to a bunch of people who have money for the insurance from the fires. And we've got homeless veterans out here. Well, we can, we can try and match that and make it a little easier for veterans to get in. And this morning, I believe we had 22 homeless veterans that were still on our by name the list. However, by the end of October, we're going to have positive housing plans in place for like 13 to 15 of them, which could potentially put us at seven homeless veterans by January. That is absolutely amazing, and what um, a powerful collaboration um, 
and certainly so deserved. Boy, that that's a, a, a good story to, to share. Thank you. Yeah, no, the, it's from leadership by Mike Dent and Brendan Phillips from the homeless team that they really helped, you know, helped to uh, help us get the stats and, and learn how to report this stuff out and make, make great things possible. Yeah, well, tell us where, a great place. Thank, thank you, David. Um, where can community members go for more information? Um, for more information, they, they can visit, they can visit our, they can contact my office. They want to know information on how they can help. Contact my office. Yeah, and it, and that's it's at the Nevada County website, Veteran Services Office. Yeah, Nevada County website, Veteran Services Office. Yes. Okay, that that is great. It's just uh, amazing how much you're doing in in your office. We've just got a couple minutes left, and um, um, I do want to want to ask you two questions. One is, I know you've got a couple of kids. So uh, is there, you're obviously work very, very hard, but what kind of fun things do you like to do when you've got a little free time? Oh, well, I wake up every morning early, like at 4.20, and I take my dog for a four-mile run. Um, and then we start getting the kids, you know, have some time to myself, get, start thinking about work, get the kids ready. But um, I really like to go running. That's something I like to do. But my kids' soccer, ballet, I don't know. Have fun with my kids. What I like to be, I know I like being a dad. I like being a husband, and it's really that just makes me happy. To tell you the truth. Well, you you uh, definitely show it, David. And and what's what do you value most about our community? This is our my my wrap up question. I it's like I live in East Sacramento, but I work in Nevada County, and I say I got like two of the best homes in the world. Um, Nevada County is special in how it honors those veterans. From the first time I saw the plaques by the bridges, um, to learn more about the Grass Valley Veterans Memorial Hall, um, you know our director of HR, Steve Rose. He's a he's a former lieutenant colonel in the Air Force, and um, Nevada County is doing some great th- things with their internship program and some other programs that we have, like um, the Army Pays program. They pay somebody to work for us, or the Skills Bridge, where active duty can can learn six months how to work here. Um, before they transition out, um, a lot of great programs. Um, just how how I've been accepted is the VSO. Um, there's been a lot of turnover historically of VSOs, and um, you know, I just wanted to. I, I know I just want to represent the board of supervisors and the CEO every day, the best I can. And the county always comes together to pull up for an event. Um, just this past week, um, a request came in from an outside from an internal agency. Um, and we were able to raise about five thousand dollars to help a little kid get braces on his teeth. It's just the community always pulls together. It's a great. It's amazing. Well, thank you, David. My guest has been David West II, Nevada County Veterans Services Officer. I appreciate you so much for joining us, David. The purpose of this program is to inspire and invite people to participate in the betterment of our community. Discover how you can make a difference by tuning in Wednesdays at six thirty p.m. Next week, your host will be Brian Buckley talking to Shirley Dickard, local award-winning author and active uh, civic leader in Camptonville. Thank you to our engineer and podcaster, Keith Porter. You've been listening to Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart-Frank. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for everything you do to make our community great.